transmitting live from the top of the Empire State Building on 99.5 FM WBAI New York, Pacifica Radio for the Tri-State Area. This is Trump Watch, a weekly series investigating the actions of and reactions to President Donald J. Trump and his administration. I'm your host, Jesse Lent. Conrad, Tokyo, Sparrow, Pistachio, just unnatural, the dog is also radical, rather watch an attention, politician, politics, CNN and all this, one, yo, move. Tax cuts have already passed the House of Representatives. Big ones. Big ones. The eyes of the world now turn to the United States Senate. A successful vote in the Senate this week will bring us one giant step closer to delivering an incredible victory for the American people. Massive tax cuts and reform. I don't even mention the word reform because people don't know exactly what we're talking about. You know, for years they have not been able to get tax cuts. Many, many years since Reagan. And the problem was they talked about tax reform, not tax cuts. I said, don't call it reform, call it tax cuts and reform. So every once in a while, we'll add the name reform, but it's tax cuts. President Donald Trump speaking about the Republican tax bill one week ago at a rally in St. Charles, Missouri. As you may know, the president got his wish as the tax bill was approved by the Senate in the early hours of Saturday morning, making the bill now only one procedural step away from the commander in chief's Oval Office desk. Hello and welcome to the 50th episode of Trump Watch. When our first episode was broadcast on WBAI back on December 7th of 2016, much like the rest of the country, I had very little idea of what to expect from a president seemingly hell-bent on smashing every diplomatic norm. In the 12 months since then, this show has given me the opportunity to ask the questions I didn't see getting asked anywhere else, and to go into depth about subjects too difficult to convey within the limited format of an evening news broadcast with some of the nation's foremost journalists, academics, and activists. 50 episodes in, I hope that the show has helped you to feel a bit more informed about the major changes happening in this country under President Trump. In case you're wondering, my only agenda has ever been to shine a light amidst the chaos of clickbait and trending news topics to find the changes happening under this administration that could have a tangible effect on our day-to-day -day lives. And we don't have any plans of slowing down. Tonight, in celebration of our 50th episode, we're welcoming back one of our favorite past guests, David K. Johnston, the founder of the nonprofit news site DCReport.org, and the author of The Making of Donald Trump. David is also one of the few people outside of the IRS to have ever seen part of the tax returns Donald Trump has famously refused to make public after the reporter was anonymously sent part of the president's 2005 tax return in the mail back in March. There are few who can match his knowledge of taxes and President Trump, so who better than to discuss the tax bill the president is poised to sign? When Senate Republicans passed a bill containing the most substantial changes in the U.S. tax code in several decades on Saturday, in the early morning hours with a 51 to 49 vote, almost entirely along party lines, 
The 479-page bill, the final version of which included what Democratic Senator John Tester of Montana described as, quote, hand-scribbled policy changes on it that can't be read, was presented to senators only a few hours before they were asked to vote on it. Though the bill now goes to conference with members of both the Senate and the House of Representatives set to hammer out differences between the versions approved by the two congressional bodies before it's sent to the president for his signature, most Washington, D.C. insiders seem to see little chance of the Republican tax reform plan failing to be ratified in a version close to what the Senate just approved. The sweeping changes in tax policy include perhaps notably cuts in the corporate tax rate from 35% to 20%, and it eliminates individuals' ability to claim deductions on their state and local taxes, also called SALT. Though Republican members of Congress point to what they claim is a tax cut for a majority of the middle class, critics of the bill point to the fact that while there is no across-the-board tax cut for middle class taxes, what bre tax breaks are allowed for in the bill are only in effect for 10 years, while the corporate tax cuts are permanent, a provision Republicans were forced to add to make the bill acceptable under the procedural rules of the Senate. Here to help us understand these changes in tax policy and what they could mean for the country is David K. Johnston, the founder and editor-in-chief of the nonprofit news site DCReport.org. As I mentioned earlier, back in March, David received a copy of Trump's 2005 tax return when it was sent anonymously to him through the U.S. mail. He's considered one of the nation's foremost authorities on tax policy, receiving a Pulitzer Prize in 2001 for his reporting on loopholes in the corporate tax code. Hello, David. Welcome back to Trump Watch. Thanks so much for joining us again. Well, happy to be here. Let's start with giving our listeners a broad overview of what's in the Republican tax plan the Senate just approved. What are some of the most major changes to the current system? Well, with the proviso that we still haven't seen the final bill between the House and the Senate, uh, fundamentally, here's what they're doing. Uh, most of the tax savings will go to businesses and particularly large corporations a significant impact of it will be on what are called pass-through entities. Uh, there are millions of people who have these pass-through entities. Donald Trump has over 500 of them. And pass-through means that the tax liability passes through the business directly to the individual who owns it. Uh, currently, uh, those people are paying a tax rate, if they're, if they're successful, they're making half a million dollars a year or more, uh, they're paying a tax rate of almost 40%. Under the legislation, this would be cut in half, and Donald Trump says that he will pay more taxes. Um, I can't imagine how he would be worse off if his tax rate gets cut in half, but we haven't seen his tax returns, so we don't know for sure. Uh, secondly, the discussion by the Republicans is that uh, this is a middle-class tax cut. Well, the computer models of people who, who, organizations that have been shown over time to be reliable, that is, they made uh, projections about the 2001 tax cuts, the 2003 cuts, the changes that uh, President Obama agreed to two years into his administration, uh, their models have proven to be reliable, 
they show that somewhere between 38% and 67% of the tax savings go to the 1%. This is uh, what we've called at DC Report the Forbes 400 Tax Relief Act. It also does something very strange and troubling. It taxes education. Uh, That's why in another piece we call it the Idiot Tax Act. If you didn't have opportunities yourself to go somewhere in life and so you took a job as a cafeteria worker or an office worker or a janitor at a nonprofit college because one of the benefits was your children could go to college without paying tuition, Uh, Congress has decided that that tuition waiver is taxable income, and you're going to have to pay taxes on it. If you're a graduate student getting your doctorate degree and you're a teaching assistant, you currently get tax-free opportunities for your education. No, we have to tax that. Um, So, in essence, what we're doing is providing tax relief today to very wealthy individuals, very high-income individuals, and we're going to increase the taxes on the strivers about tomorrow. This is a stunning development by the Republicans who always claim that the purpose of their tax cut proposals is a better future. And in essence, Jesse, this is just um, a redistribution scheme, um, and the, the easiest way to explain it is the Republicans really believe And we've now seen without question that the major economic problem that faces America is the rich don't have enough. And this bill establishes that Congress intends to make sure the rich have more. And after it goes through and uh, Trump signs it and the government doesn't have the necessary revenues to cover this the way they're going to pay for it, is they're going to go after Social Security, they're going to go after Medicare, they're going to go after Medicaid, all of which Trump said he would always support if he was elected to office, and anything else they can take away from children, the disabled, the elderly, and the sick, that is, people who can't fight back. Last Wednesday, the same day Trump gave his speech in Missouri that was heard at the top of the show, Senator Marco Rubio appeared to reveal the Republican playbook along the lines of what you're saying, telling a group of business leaders, quote, the argument would be we can't cut taxes because it will drive up the deficit, he said, saying that he disagreed, according to The New York Times, quote, you have to do two things. You've got to generate economic growth because growth generates revenue, but you also have to bring spending under control and not discretionary spending. That isn't the driver of our debt. The driver of our debt is the structure of Social Security and Medicare for future beneficiary beneficiaries. <laughs> I'm sorry. I can't not laugh at that. That is so outrageously absurd. And explain why you feel that way. Well, first of all, understand that our Constitution gives our government monopoly control of our currency. Any government which can borrow in its own currency can never go broke. So you, you will have to pay interest on, on the money, and that certainly has an effect, but there's no way that the government can go broke. Secondly, 
let's remember what Donald Trump and uh, many Republicans ran for office on uh, just a year ago. The deficit is too big, they said. This is the major crisis. Well, then why are they passing a tax bill that increases the deficit by $1.5 trillion above where it's increasing already over the next 10 years? Uh, thirdly, Social Security is paid for by a separate dedicated tax. Medicare is paid for by a separate dedicated tax that comes off your paycheck. So they are not the drivers of the deficit. In fact, since 1984, Congress has been borrowing money from the Social Security Trust Fund, that's where it's invested, and spending it and giving bonds to Social Security. It is the uh, amount of money that we're sp now money's fungible you can spend it on anything but i would argue that the real effect here is that congress is spending money uh, not on social security not on people's welfare but on tax cuts for wealthy people and that's why we don't have the necessary revenue that's why the debt's so large and that should be the focus but let's remember the republicans really detest Social Security, Medicare, and Medicaid. They believe they're morally wrong. We just saw one of the Trump administration members, uh, uh, Mick Mulvaney, say that if we stop Wheels on Meals and other programs to help the elderly, that that is actually the true charitable act and support for people to get them off of this horrible dependence on the government. And at the same time, of course, they're passing a bill so that those families that own a corporate jet will save so much money that they can buy his and her corporate jets. And, and just let me give you one measure of something from the Senate bill that we wrote about a D.C. report where we calculated, I calculated some of the numbers. If you make $100 a day, $36,500 a year, under this bill, the Senate bill, your after-tax income will go up by 20 cents a day. Not that you'd notice, but $72 a year, you'll have an additional after-tax income. If you make $12 million a year, your after-tax income will go up by $1,000 a day. What's the ratio of $0.20 cents to 1000 It's $5,000 to one. So $5,000 for a plutocrat like Mitt Romney or Donald Trump or Wilbur Ross and one dollar for you what other provisions of the tax bill trouble you the most well they want to eliminate the estate tax and vastly increase the exemption currently a married couple with no tax planning can pass on to their heirs over eleven million dollars with no tax only about um uh, two people who die out of a thousand currently pay the estate tax. One bill uh, eliminates the estate tax; the other bill suspends the estate tax as a practical matter. And the result of this is to increase dynastic wealth in America. The idea that. Uh, you know, anybody can prosper in America would be replaced by the idea that, hey, you, if you didn't pick rich parents, tough luck. You're never going to be well off, or you're going to have a much harder time than anybody else.
Um, as I mentioned at the top of the program, uh, Senator John Tester of Montana tweeted a video Friday of the bill, uh, a video of him uh, looking at the bill on Friday, uh, that senators received only hours before the vote, and when they received it, it, it contained hand-scribbled changes to the language in the margins, uh, some of which Tester said he couldn't even read. Why do you think Republicans were in such a rush to get this bill passed? Well, first of all, the, so far, the accomplishments that Trump promised, remember, there's going to be so much winning, you won't be able to live with it. You're going to, you're going to say, too much winning, Mr. President, too much, too much, we can't stand how many wins we're having. He's only had one, and that's the appointment of uh, Supreme Court Justice Neil Gorsuch to a seat that should have been filled by the appointee of President Obama. Um, secondly, the very wealthy political donor class element that supports the Republicans has said to some of them, according to their public comments, that if you don't pass this tax cut bill, we're not going to donate to your campaigns in 2018. And next, they can get away with it. They can do it. I mean, you know, it, it's uh, uh, if you can get away with it, why not? Uh, this is no way to do public policy. This, this, both of these bills, House and Senate, were written only by Republicans. The only people that influence were the lobbyists and the ideologues they led into their offices. We have no idea who these people are. There were no public hearings. There were no public hearings, and um, the excuse me, hold on just a second. Uh, not only were there no public hearings, but these handwritten provisions that are in there, it's very clear that they're sloppily produced. And when you have poorly drafted tax law, you create loopholes, you create opportunities to game the tax system and to not pay that nobody intended, and. Uh, these last-minute provisions that nobody even knows what they're in, they are going to end up being full of provisions that um, very smart tax lawyers and accountants are going to go through and figure out from them how to allow very wealthy people and corporations to not pay taxes or defer paying their taxes into the future that no one intended and that no one realized were in these bills. And that's the major game in tax avoidance. It's not so much the rates, it's the future. The reason that multinational companies are so eager to do certain things is they want to defer paying their taxes. As a matter of economics, any top tax lawyer will tell you that if you can defer paying a tax for 30 years and you invest the money, it's the functional equivalent of never paying the tax because the investment off the delay will make you well-to-do. I mean, just imagine if all your life the government had said to you, hey, you know those taxes we withheld from your paycheck? You can keep the money until you die, and you don't have to pay any interest on it. We're going to loan it all back to you at zero interest, and you can go invest it, and you get to keep the investment earnings. Uh, do you have any idea how rich that would make you? Well, that's what big multinationals do. They defer their taxes into the future by taking profits earned in America and reporting them as profits earned in the Cayman Islands and Singapore and Ireland or the middle of the Atlantic Ocean like Apple does and get zero interest loans from the government. There's, well, there's several trillion dollars of these zero interest loans that businesses have. And 
smart tax lawyers are going to go through the sloppy language here and say, oh, here is another way to defer your taxes. Speaking of tax attorneys, have you gotten a sense of how this bill has been received by tax professionals? Um, yes. The, the, the ideologues out there, the people who just hate taxes, of course, are raving about what a great bill this is. But a whole number of prominent tax lawyers who represent big corporations and wealthy people have written to me who work at the biggest firms that are known in the tax field, and they're appalled by this. They know that it's bad tax policy. Uh, they know that this is going to turn out to be bad for the country. Uh, some of them, uh, not many, but some of them are motivated by their view that you know they just can't stand Donald Trump. But nobody who has any support for the notion that we should have a sound tax system uh, favors this bill. And, and let's remember a, a real important underlying point here. We live in the second American republic under the Constitution. The Articles of Confederation government failed, and we had a replacement, the, our Constitution. And that Constitution's very first power it's granted to our Congress is the power to tax us. Why did we go from the Articles of Confederation to our Constitution? Because under the Articles of Confederation, the government could not tax. A government that can't tax isn't a government, and it was failing. And so we specifically created this system to tax ourselves. And yet we have all these people who say, oh, taxes are theft. The taxes are indefensible. Uh, we're, we're being destroyed by taxes. And the people who say that, strangely, many of them are among the very wealthiest people in the country. That isn't to say all wealthy people share that view, because they don't. There are plenty of very wealthy people who are appalled by this sort of stuff and who believe they should be taxed, and some of them taxed heavily. But this is a bill that attacks the very reason we created this country, so that we could tax ourselves and we would do so in a the kind of way that the framers of our Constitution intended, which was what will do the best benefit for the people and for our government. It's been widely reported in the New York Times and other places that New York City specifically would be penalized by this tax plan, uh, by this uh, reform of the tax code. Can you talk about why that is? Well, this bill, the, the two bills propose either that you get no deduction for your state income taxes and your local property taxes, or you could deduct $10,000. So imagine that you're one of the wealthy people who works on Wall Street. Something like a fifth of all the taxes in New York State come from, uh, the saying is in New York, although not technically true, you know, below 35th Street, but in lower Manhattan. And if you have an income of a million dollars a year, the state of New York is taking about $70,000 from you in, uh, in state income tax, and your property taxes may well run another uh, $70,000. So you have a $150,000 tax bill on the million dollars, and currently you can deduct that. If you're in the top tier, that means that you would save $60,000 on your federal tax, and your your real cost would be significantly lowered as a result. If you take away the state and local tax deduction, you're going to pay more taxes. You, Congress can say, your Congress can say to you, hey, you're paying less federal tax. Well, yeah, but you're paying more tax in all because you can't deduct 
state and local taxes. This is really an attack on blue states, the so-called blue states. And the so-called blue states, uh, New England, New York, uh, California, the states that have the most of the best-paying jobs are the ones that have high levels of taxes. And you'll never hear the Republicans say, gee, that's interesting. The states with higher taxes tend to be wealthier, and they tend to have higher taxes, and they have lower rates of divorce. Um, why is that? Well, perhaps it's because those state and local taxes provide the services that make it possible for businesses to prosper, which is what they do, and provide other support services and higher incomes that lead to people having more stable and enduring relationships. Uh, this is a bill that favors rich people who live in states that have almost no services. Texas, with one of the worst education systems in the country. Uh, Alabama, uh, very poor state, right near the bottom of the 50 states in income, uh, and very little state and local taxes. So if you make a million dollars a year and live in Mobile, Alabama, there's no great significance to this. But if you live in New York, San Francisco, you know, Republicans love to say, you know, San Francisco as if it is an epithet, um, you will see your total tax bill rise if you can't deduct state and local taxes. And they're not doing this in any thoughtful way that says, how do we achieve the best um, results around the country? They're doing it in a way that says, we're going to lavish favors on people who vote for Republicans. So throw out the Democrats, become a red state, so we're all red states, and then you can have a system that you'll like, provided, of course, that you're already rich. Thank you so much for joining me. Take care. My guest has been David K. Johnston, founder and editor-in-chief of the nonprofit news site DCReport.org and author of the book, The Making of Donald Trump. You're listening to Trump Watch on WBAI New York. And that's going to do it for this week's show. Reggie Johnson engineered this program live. You can hear all 50 episodes of Trump Watch with Jesse Lent at soundcloud.com slash trumpwatchwbai or wherever you get your podcasts. Follow us on Facebook or Twitter, where our handle is TrumpWatchWBAI. And I'll be back next Wednesday at 6.30 p.m. when we'll break down another aspect of the Donald Trump administration. Until then, I'm your host, Jesse Lentz. Talk to you next time. Should 5% appear too small? Just be thankful <laughs> I don't take it all Tax man is something else, isn't it? Cause I'm the tax man Yes, I'm the tax man Now dig this, 